Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. everybody. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast. Today, my guest is Alyssa Blass-Campbell. She is the CEO of Seed and Sew, and I am so happy to have her with me today. Welcome, welcome. Thanks. I'm excited to be here with you today. Okay, so tell our listeners all about you and all about your organization. Yeah, totally. So I run Seed and So. My master's is in early childhood, and I've worked in early ed in a number of facets as teacher from kindergarten down to infants and toddlers, and was the director of a child care center as a nanny and a mom. Like I've been in early ed steeped in it, and I was working in a school where we could do research on kids, where every head teacher had a master's in early ed, and it was super resource-rich and delicious, and what I wish early ed could look like across the board if we funded it. And I was working in infant-toddler at the time, and a colleague of mine was in preschool pre-K, and she was like, I think we're doing something different. And it was outside of like our supports within social emotional learning, et cetera. And so we started to dive into like, what were we doing and what was different about it? And we ended up creating the collaborative emotion processing method. We call it the CEP method, C-E-P for short, and researching it across the U.S. And we have a book coming out with HarperCollins next fall on it. And SEED is really like bringing the CEP method to everyone. The set method is five components. It's self-awareness, self-care, and we can dive into what that really means for Mm -hmm. us. For us, it's not like a getaway weekend. It's how we're taking care of our nervous system. Scientific knowledge, where we're diving into like what's neurologically happening for us, for the tiny humans, whether we're in a hard emotion or not, and uncovering implicit bias. We're diving into our social programming. What are we bringing from our childhood? And then the final one is adult-child interactions. And everyone like comes for that one, right? They're like, tell me what to do with the mm-hmm. kid in the heat of the moment. How do I build these tools, et cetera? And they stay for themselves. <laughs> There's a little, little catch there. You come for the kids and stay for yourselves. Mm-hmm. And so SEED really is bringing that. We have a professional development program for early childhood educators. And then we have parent resources to serve parents with these tools to raise some emotionally intelligent humans. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I love it. And I think we are very aligned in terms of our missions and what our philosophy is. It sounds like, you know, as a pediatrician, of course, my training was first and foremost about the health and wellness of children. But what I find is that people are very interested, like you talked about, in like the how-to. How do I get my kids to behave? How do I help them to not scream at me every morning? How do I, you know, like how do I get them to not be whiny? How do I get them to not be like stealing toys from so-and-so, biting, kicking, all the things, right? And 
we have to take a step back if we actually want to affect behaviors to all of these deeper layers of the onion, so to speak. And what I have found in working with parents and kids over time, and that's why I started Modern Mommy Doc, is that, gosh, yes, it matters what we're doing for the kids. And also it matters so much about ourselves as caregivers and what we're doing to adequately equip ourselves to come to the table for these little human beings with as much awareness and presence and consciousness (laughs) as possible. I want to go back to when you first started this. Tell me about what you noticed was different about what you were doing and other people were doing. Like, what was that aha moment? What was the thing that you're like, whoa, mind blown. This is different than what a lot of early education programs are doing. Yeah. So what we noticed was the focus on ourselves and that so much of what we were given in social emotional learning and curriculum. And then we both have a master's in this, like we had been trained to be classroom teachers and it was so heavily focused on the kids and especially how to build their social skills. You were just talking about that. Like, how do we get Mm -hmm. them to stop whining? How do I get them to, it's all like, how do I get them to be pro-social beings? How do I get them to thrive in society? And When we looked at what we were doing, so much of our focus was on us as the adults. Like, how are we modeling this? How are we taking care of ourselves so that we actually can show up in the moment and truly be empathetic and see beyond their behavior and connect with the child in front of us? That when we're depleted or when we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not not aware of our own internal reactions or the stories we're telling ourselves when we're operating from that autopilot then we weren't actually able to show up and do this stuff that in a regulated moment, we could tell you what to do. We could say Mm -hmm. like, oh, I should respond in this way. It would be supportive for me to do X, Y, and Z. But then in the moment, we weren't accessing it when we weren't taking care of ourselves first and we weren't doing this work with ourselves. And so that was like, it was those two things, like that and then the focus on not just social, but emotional development. How are we equipping kids with self-awareness skills first and foremost, and then self-regulation skills Mm -hmm. so that they are able to access social skills and empathy? Those are secondary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so interestingly this morning, I have, it's summer. We were talking about this before we hopped on to the recording for this episode. It's summertime. My kids are in the house right now. And this morning I was trying to do a meeting and, and I was trying to get set up for it. And my daughter kept on telling me like, I need you to get dressed up in this fancy thing because we're going to act like we're going to prom together. She watched some like YouTube video about prom. So then she wanted to know like what my prom experience was and she wanted to act it out. And I could feel myself getting all like tight in my chest because I had this meeting that's coming up And then she wants me to do this one thing. And if I was in my logical brain, I could easily say to her, if I was like as aware and present as I wanted to be, I could easily think through like, my daughter needs me. She's trying to make a connection with me. She doesn't understand that I have like a meeting that's going on or some adult thing that's happening. But when I got to that place of emotional dysregulation, then all I could think of is like, gosh, this kid's being annoying. Gosh, this kid's like not doing what I'm asking her to do, which is to please wait for five minutes, you know? And so 
thankfully this morning I did do the thing that was more helpful and supportive for both of us, which was like, take a deep breath and pause and say like, Whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> like I'm getting like angry and agitated at a child who's just being a child, but that's not always the case. And I think what you're speaking to about this idea of like, you're a master's level teacher, you're trained to know what to do. It doesn't really matter if you're trained to know what all of the steps are to help regulate another kid's behavior, to regulate your child's behavior, to do the right thing, to help them to be able to interact well with other kids. If you are in a place where you're dysregulated, all of that just goes out the window, no matter what your training is. It does not matter. We're looking at two things here. We're looking at really shifting the adult experience of children's emotions, right? So not that I'm trying to change a kid. It's the experience of their emotions where just this morning, similarly, like my 16-month-old was inconveniencing me right? Like his, what his needs were, were inconvenient for my morning. And my role there is to acknowledge that is to be able to say like, okay, the way that I'm experiencing this is it as an inconvenience, because I had these plans in place, or I had these things I was hoping to get done. And he showed up this morning, feeling sick and with a cough and our typical morning is out the window. Like my expectation is not going to be met here, right? But it's for—it's it, not about changing him. He's not going to feel better in four seconds. Like he's not going to stop being a sick kid this morning. I have to shift the way that I experience him this morning. Yeah, totally. So like that is our—that's our focus. There is—it's not on—it's not on the kids as much as how we can shift our experience. And then when we do, when we're able to shift that then I can show up in a more regulated state. It doesn't mean I do all the time. I mean, kids, the goal isn't that they don't trigger us, right? Like, it's not that this morning, I'm not failing for feeling annoyed at my 16-month-old for being sick this morning, right? Like, my initial reaction makes total sense. It's the ability to find the pause between that initial reaction and my secondary response that we're working to hone. And then that is the game changer. So you talked about kind of the five components or five pillars of your strategy, your program. Talk about that self-care piece specifically. I want to hear more about your philosophy around that and around what it really takes to take care of yourself as a parent. What does that really mean? Yeah, for us, it's about the nervous system. So what it takes is going to be different for everybody. I am a human who benefits from having time away to do work, to fill like that side of my brain. And so I find when he's sick and home from childcare or when our house had COVID, like I'm, I struggle to be the parent that is the parent I want to be that is coming from a regulated place when I don't have time to fill these other parts of my bucket. And so that's something that works for me is being able to like go to work throughout the day. Now there are other little things that are built in there too. I, all of us need food. We need rest. We need water. We need sensory breaks where we're taking time throughout the day to just downregulate our nervous system. We need movement And those are all just like basic neurological needs that we have and physiological needs. And that helps regulate our nervous system on the whole. And that's what we're looking at with self-care is like what helps regulate your nervous system proactively throughout Mm -hmm. the day? What does that look like? So can you imagine, right? Like if we, we, with a kid, we were like, 
All right, they woke up in the morning and we're just going to wait till they're hangry and then we'll feed them. Like that would be bonkers, right? Like we would just have screaming children at some point and then we're trying to come back from that. Instead, we feed them breakfast, we give them a snack, we give them lunch, we give them a snack, we give them dinner, right? Like we proactively stay ahead of that. The same thing for us that like we need to proactively feed ourselves before we're hangry. We need to proactively set a timer and move our body or step away from that computer screen. And it doesn't have to be like a 30 minute run. It can be, I'm going to do 10 jumping jacks or Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit up some down dog for 30 seconds and go into a yoga pose here. I'm going to hit pause on what we're doing and have a one song dance party with my kids where if I'm a human who benefits from having a, like that pressure, I'm going to hold the kid and we're going to do some dips while we're dancing, right? Just mm-hmm. building it into your everyday. My husband is someone who benefits from vestibular input to get a little nerdy here, which is like moving the plane <laughs> of your head, swinging, going upside down, bouncing, rocking. And so he sits in an office chair that he can bounce in a little bit throughout the day, like to build that in and get some of that vestibular input in. It's really looking at like your nervous system and what is helpful for proactively pouring into it. We think of it like a battery where you're just like your phone when you in the morning, if it was plugged in overnight, you unplug it, it's automatically draining throughout the day. Even if you don't use it, that battery is draining. Now, if you use it in any capacity, it's going to drain faster. There are certain apps or streaming things that will drain it even faster. We're similar in that we have a battery and it is draining and there are certain things that drain it faster than others. And we need to recharge throughout the day before we all of a sudden have like that blinking red light of like, I have a dying battery. When we're looking at those, we're looking at like, okay, there are certain things that naturally drain. And then what are we doing to recharge throughout the day? We're eating, we're making sure we have adequate sleep, we're drinking water, we're moving our body, and we're taking breaks. Even if it's when I go to the bathroom, I'm not bringing a phone, or I'm shutting the door and a kid isn't coming in, and I'm just going to breathe for a minute, and that's it. Like Great down regulation time, just building it in naturally throughout the day. Absolutely. And I find that kind of like you were saying, when I don't have the natural ability to go away from my children to do work, for example, in the normal work week and on vacation days, it's even more important then for me to do that or on weekend days. So for example, we just went on a family vacation and the whole plan was like to just all sit around as a family with my extended family, like the in-laws and everything. And I was like, oh no, I know myself well enough that that will drive me totally crazy if that's all I do. So I told everyone what I will be doing in the morning is hat sitting, having coffee with you guys for like the good first 30 minutes, an hour. But then I'm going for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I'm going to walk or run down to the little coffee shop and take some big breaths and listen to my like Lizzo music and the new Beyonce album. And then I will be coming back and I, and I'm going to like dance and look weird, like as I'm going down the street, but that will be the thing that allows me to like get the brain wiggles and the body wiggles out that I need to then come back and be able to be as responsive as possible, as opposed to kind of holding in those needs throughout the morning, throughout the day. And then I know what will happen to me is basically I will flip my lid at some point (laughs) and Mm -hmm. all that pressure will come out. And so needing to be able to have that moment for myself. And like you said, proactively giving it to myself as a choice, because otherwise I know 
I will end up damaging, being damaging emotionally to other people if I don't first take care of myself in the way that's helpful. And one thing I want to speak to, I'm sure you would agree with this as well. I want to hear about your own experience or maybe what you found from other people that share this method. There's some level of acceptance that has to come about how you are wired and that even if that feels a little bit extra or that feels like you're being like a little needy or it feels like Mm -hmm. you're like, you know, I don't know, a more high maintenance than other people in order to take that for yourself, that that is worth it because that's just the way you're wired and that's what you need. So I for sure had to come to grips with that concept. And a lot of the moms that I work with have as well, that like, that's okay that I'm an individual human being and that individual human beings all have their own thing they need in order to take care of their nervous systems. Yeah. I think a lot of us grew up in households where asking for help or having needs wasn't a way that we showed love or received love. And so then as an adult to say, I have needs and I need help. I need you to watch the kids so I can take that run to the coffee shop, or I need to be able to step away to connect with a friend of mine once a week for a half hour, or I need to throughout the day be able to do these things. Whatever that is, I think so many of us grew up in households where we have these parts of us that are so young <laughs> that live inside of us that are have learned that that's not how you show or receive love and that you'll be a burden to somebody else or yeah that you'll be quote needy high maintenance whatever that is and that that's then a deep fear of if i have needs will folks still love me will i be worthy of my partner's love or my co-parents or my kids love ultimately like am i lovable when i have needs and i think two things about that one that makes total sense to feel that way and just to acknowledge that part of us that's like oh yeah, right. That's what you learned in childhood. Like that makes total sense to feel that way. But two is that we are modeling this then for the kids. Like we get to write a different story for our kids that they are allowed to have needs and that they see that we have them and we take care of ourselves. Self-care isn't something you learn from somebody telling you what to do. It's so much easier learned from modeling. That when we are modeling for our children that this is how I take care of myself and that it's important and I want you to take care of yourself too. I'm going to teach you how to do that and to learn what your body needs so that you can do that. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned as you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. I think that's just so important and beautiful. I mean, really, that you know this from being an educator. You can talk until you're blue in the face to kids. You can lecture them until you're blue in the face, but they're really mostly watching you (laughs) to see how you operate and how you do it. And 
We see that when kids are watching shows. That's why as a pediatrician, I'm always really keyed in with parents on what's the content that your kids are watching on TV shows equally to how much they're watching, but even more than that, what's the content and how do people treat each other on the shows that your children are watching? Because your kids are learning that that's the way that they're supposed to treat each other and same in our homes. And I think sometimes for moms that can maybe induce some like shame or some guilt of I'm not perfect, but I think that they're are real opportunities to when you do lose it with your kids, when you do get frustrated, when you do kind of like act out, that there's opportunities also there to show repair, to show I'm a human and maybe I didn't have what I did need to be regulated today. And here's how I'm going to try again next time with you and that they're allowed to fail and make mistakes as well. I'd love to hear about how you guys address that in your method, because I'm sure as you're talking to people about these five pillars, you're giving them like, these are suggestions for how to be as regulated as possible. But then, you know, inevitably, because we're humans, we're not going to be able to do that perfectly all the time. Yeah, the goal isn't regulation all the time. In fact, like, I wish there was something more talked about in parenthood, that the goal of practicing self-care or learning tools for self-regulation, et cetera. It's not to be regulated all the time. There's not a human on this planet that is. If that was the case, you wouldn't feel things like excitement Uh because that's a form of dysregulation in your nervous system. It's a heightened state. And I want you, we say all the time to kids these days, or there's a lot of messaging around like, all feelings are welcome. But like, are they? Because Mm -hmm. if all feelings are welcome, then you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to disconnect. You're allowed to feel embarrassed and not want to talk about it yet. You're allowed to feel angry. And feeling angry doesn't mean hitting necessarily, or that's not how I want you to express it. But it also doesn't mean you're saying, mom, I feel really angry right now Mm -hmm. in this like regulated tone. Like, no, when I'm fired up, when I'm mad, my voice is going to change. My shoulders are going to go up to my ears and my fists are going to get tight. My heart's going to go faster. And that is going to be reflected. Emotions are so much more than just like the words you're saying. Your entire body is going to play a role in this. Mm-hmm. And when we're saying to kids, all of your feelings are welcome and I'm a safe space for all of your feelings, that means that they're allowed to be dysregulated and that they're allowed to, we look at these as zones. There's the zones of regulation. We have like a form of that where we have like blue is that like disconnected. Often this shows up in sad for some folks, folks embarrassed or disappointed. You might disconnect where you just want to get small, right? You're not ready to talk about it. You don't want anyone to shed light on things yet. You need a minute to kind of like go into your shell. And then there's green, which is our like regulated state, calm, happy, etc. And then there's yellow, which could be like excited, it could be nervous, it could be I'm getting frustrated. And then above that is red. And red is the I'm totally out of control. And when we're in the red zone, to me, that means you had nothing left in your battery to pull from when you got dysregulated. So when you get dysregulated, when you pop into I'm frustrated or whatever, and you're experiencing that emotion and you have something in your battery to pull from, then you're able to like, all right, I am going to find some calm. I'm going to navigate some repair, et cetera, before I throw something across the room, right? Like Mm -hmm. red is like, 
I'm fully losing it. I'm not in control at all. Yellow is like, I'm heightened and I've lost some control, but I have the ability to tap back in and get back to a regulated state. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're looking for is that we're cycling between that blue and the green and the yellow all day long. And what we're working to avoid is the red. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're recharging the battery, not to be in the green all day long. Mm-hmm. And there's not a single, if, if your goal as a parent is to leave the day, I've never left a day as a parent or a teacher and been like, I was perfect today. Yeah. I responded perfectly. It's not the goal. It truly is not the goal. And when you start to notice that part of you come up, being able to just acknowledge like, oh, that makes sense. Because when I made mistakes in childhood, like here's how I was responded to, or this was the message I was sent, et cetera. Like it makes sense for that to be a part of me. And that's not my goal anymore. It's I'm in a safe place to make mistakes. I'm able to model this for my child to show them what it's like to make mistakes, to drop the ball, to own that mistake and say like, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm going to try and do differently. When we were coming in from outside, I was feeling really overwhelmed trying to carry the groceries and get your brother inside. And I'm sorry that I yelled. Next time, Mm -hmm. before we leave the car, I'm going to take a deep breath and think about my plan and then try and move through this without yelling, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, and then done, like that's it. You get to check that off and move on because your child is going to move on. And now they've learned that that's acceptable. It's okay to not be a hundred percent in control and regulated all the time. They're allowed to lose their cool. They now know how to repair with someone and really own their responsibility for something rather than like a forced apology, but really seeing like, oh, this is what I did. Here's what I'm going to work on doing differently next time and moving forward. And it doesn't mean next time I'm going to be a perfect human. It just means there will be other things I'm working on, right? Like It's mm-hmm. forever a practice. Okay. So the thing that strikes me as you're talking that I am like goo goo going over is, <laughs> is the idea that this is so much more rich and nuanced, I think, than a lot of other methods and a lot of other messaging that I think we're hearing. It's not black and white. It's not like this is good. This is bad. It's leaving so much room for humanity. And I'm thinking about the curriculum that is taught in schools now and how a lot of times I think it is a little bit more binary in that way. And so I want to hear about how you are trying to move this out into educational systems, about more about what you're doing to try to get this in the hands of parents. I want to hear about how listeners who are like, yes, I want more of this, but I need more instruction on it, how they can find out more about how to get involved. Like, tell us how we can spread the gospel of this like (laughs) amazing strategy, clearly, that you put together. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Yeah, it is it is messy to be human and I want folks to continue to be in the mess together. So yeah, we have a couple of different kind of like avenues. We have our seed certification, which is, it's a professional development program. There are eight different workshops all built off of the set method. We have five different experts in early ed that came together to put that into one 
unit. And then my favorite part of that is that teachers get ongoing support. We have a private community, like a membership community for all of our teachers in the seed cert that they can ask questions at any point. Oh, this kid in my class is hitting, or we're having this challenge, or I'm feeling triggered by this behavior. They can pop in at any point and ask questions. They get to lean on us. They get to lean on other teachers who are doing this work. And then we have live events in an ongoing fashion in there as well. So we have a whole teacher community there. We're really focused on early childhood. So primarily birth to five childcare settings, universal pre-K settings, et cetera. So if you go to our website, you can find seed certified schools near you. We're starting to work more now to focus on like states, to try and get states to fund it for all of their childcare programs within the states. We can have a unified approach within states so that more folks have access to childcare programs that are doing this work. And then within that, all the seed cert schools, the families of those those kids get access to our Tiny Humans Big Emotions online class that talks about what does this look like in the family setting to do this. So we're pairing that homeschool connection there. If you go to the website and you are looking for your area and there isn't a seed cert school, you can always reach out to us at support at seedandso.org and we can help reach out to programs in your area or connect within your state to try and make it happen. And then for the parent side, so we have a podcast, Voices of Your Village. We have a very active Instagram, seed.and.so, S-E-W. And then we have our flagship workshops, our reparenting, which is the us part of this, Mm -hmm. and then Tiny Humans, Big Emotions. And we sell them as a bundle because really, like, if we're going to do this work with kids, as we were talking about at the beginning, you have to do, we have we have to be doing this work with ourselves and giving those parts of us that are going to show up all day long some love, some compassion. Just like, yeah, it makes total sense to feel the way that you feel. Like, I have been mad at an infant. I've been mad at a 20-month-old, mm-hmm. right? Like, it makes sense. I, kids slap me across the face. I'm not like, yeah, no, I feel fine. Like, no, inside, I'm livid. And there's a fight response back. And I have mm-hmm. built some tools to not fight back. But it makes sense to have that initial reaction, right? And like, we need that compassion part in, in the adult toolbox. So we bundle those together. And then we have some other workshops that are more specific. But if you go to seedandso.org, so is S-E-W. There's a parents tab. You click on that. It has everything, like some free downloads, links to the podcast, Instagram, and then all of our workshops are there. Awesome. I think this is going to be life-changing for parents who will take this in and really think about how this could make them more effective and that they could really reprogram their own their own thought process and and you know reteaching their own inner child as well as they are teaching their kids how to navigate the world and showing them how to navigate the world in a way that it's going to be truly successful. So thank you so much for being here. We appreciate the work that you're doing and you guys go check out seedandso.org. Happy to have you guys here today. Thank you so much. How many of you feel like taking care of your makeup needs takes away from your time to do what really matters to you? I know I thought that way for such a long time. I literally never did my makeup unless I was recording for a client or out for a big event until I found mommy makeup. After being a professional makeup artist for over 20 plus years, Deborah Rubin Roberts had the privilege to work for and with some of the best brands and talent in the beauty industry. But it was becoming a mom that became the catalyst for Deborah to develop her own makeup line, mommy makeup. 
clean beauty for busy women like you and me. She figured if she needed clean cosmetics that were fast and easy to use and gave makeup artists quality results, surely other women did too. And she was totally right. Mommy makeup is talc-free, paraben-free, cruelty-free, and non-comedogenic. But most important to me, it's multitasking. You literally just send them your selfie and which products interest you. And they will reply back with shade suggestions. Instead of using 13 different products, you can use just six multitasking power products to save you time, money, and clutter. Mommy makeup, clean beauty for busy women. That's the only way I'm using makeup ever again. Use code modernmommyduck, that's M-O-D-E-R-N-M-O-M-M-Y-D-O-C for 20% off your first mommy makeup order. Or use the link mommymakeup.com forward slash modern mommy doc. That's mommymakeup.com forward slash M-O-D-E-R-N-M-O-M-M-Y-D-O-C. And the promo code will automatically apply. mama. If you want more of the modern mommy doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.